Another edition of 605 Sports under review with Coach DeBeer. I'm Brad DeBeer. Hey, thanks for uh, tuning in, listening in. Again, uh, follow me on Facebook, my uh, personal Facebook page. We have all the different links that you can go to to find these podcasts from Spotify to Google Podcasts to uh, all the different podcasts engines out there. We'll continue to post those as they continue to get okayed out there. So we do thank you for uh, listening in. Today, we're going to talk with 13-time champion of state competitive cheering Class A and the head coach Casey King joins us. Casey, congratulations on another win. Let's just start there. Uh, it just it, It's never easy, I know, but man, I, does it change the way you feel each year or is it it doesn't ever become humdrum, does it? No, it doesn't. No, we we don't get used to it. That's for sure. It's always. I think it actually gets a little more nerve wracking every year. So I was going to say, with winning, obviously comes pressures, and uh, and not only on the coaches to continue to get. I would think in your sport, routines and different things changed and change everything up. But the kids to understand that hey, we don't want to be that team that didn't win it. I would right. think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We always say that you know success breeds success. So. We always have a pretty strong tradition of excellence when people come in. We don't. We never have anybody that thinks they're going to get to slack for a second. So we have strong senior leadership, and every year that just kind of replenishes. You know, I, you know, we talk about having a building season, and I feel like every year we have a building season because we lose so many athletes to graduation, but we also gain so many positive, strong athletes too. So, yeah, we have we have a lot of uh, pressure on us, but we also have a lot of people that rise to the occasion. So that works out well for us. Talk a little bit about, let's go back in the preparation for each season with, with your squad and with your program in general uh, and your sport. Obviously, you have to come up with new routines and different things and different ways to do things because you do it every year. That's when judges probably start going, well, you know, they did that already. So how does that work? How's that sure. process work for you? Yeah, well, um, this is actually kind of a fun year for us for the fact that they opened up a lot of things that um, in previous years had been illegal. So... Um, I have uh, some really strong athletes that were able to do a lot of skills that technically were illegal in previous seasons. And so when they became legal this year, uh, at the beginning of the season, we were able to do them right away and advance their skill. So, you know, instead of having to work on new skills that, that they weren't ready for, we we had that kind of in the bag for us already, um, just for the fact that there are such strong, phenomenal athletes. And, you know, when I take a new kid that, because we had – we had six eighth graders this year and two seventh graders, and most of them had never done any type of cheerleading before. Um, but when I compare them with someone who is real strong and has been able to do this all along, you know, they can kind of match up quickly and be able to do these bigger skills. Whereas, you know, some of the schools that don't have uh, that same senior leadership, you know, they don't have someone that they compare them with. So you mm-hmm. have an entire new stunt group and that kind of stuff. So we we had a a really strong ability level coming in. So right. we had to focus a lot more on our mental preparation and, um, you know, building that muscle memory. I think especially in a sport like ours that can be somewhat subjective, you know, I think 60% of our score sheet is based on skill and 40% is based on subjectivity and things that, you know, we have no control over. So we really focus on, you know, what can we control? What can we be confident in? And, you know, being prepared to walk on the floor and just be happy with what you've put on the floor and not worry about that score quite as much or what the judge is giving you as feedback. When you talk about that subject uh, subjectivity, what are we talking about? Is it just something that catches maybe a judge's eye right away or something like that? Or, or what are we talking about as something that maybe you guys can't control? 
Well, you know, there's a, there's a few different things, and we, we've tried really hard in the state. You know, it's, it's a fairly new sport in the state, mm-hmm. and we're still working on developing the score sheet. And uh, we made big strides this last year in getting a lot of the subjectivity off the score sheet. But there are still things like um, voice control or motion technique or use of the floor that, you know, one judge may see it one way and another judge might see it a different way. Um, yesterday I was at the advisory meeting and one of the comments that was made was uh, proper use of props. And and that's something that, you know, what what is that? How do we how do we determine that? Um, and I spent quite a bit of time talking to other schools that felt like that was somewhere that they struggled because they would get low. For instance, Brookings um, got low cheer scores, but we all loved their cheer and thought that they had really strong elements in their cheer. So that was something we, you know, we didn't know how to fix and, you know, how do you, how do you do something that you don't know what you're doing wrong? Right. That can be really difficult for schools that, um, you know, when you're searching for something to make better and you go home with your score sheet and you're talking to your athletes about how we're going to be better and you don't quite know what you, what the judge is wanting there. Sure. We'll talk more about that advisory committee coming up here. I want to get into that just a little bit. Let's talk more about your team though. When you talk about practicing some of these stunts and you mentioned you had athletes that could do things that were illegal to do during competition. Are those things that you guys worked on or something that maybe kids got together and said, Hey, let's try this. And then you're like, sorry, those are really great, but can't do it kind of thing. Can't do that. Um, Not necessarily. It's just that they had the strength there already. Okay. Um, For instance, uh, I don't know that anyone in the, outside of the cheer world will understand what this means, but um, previously you could do a braced TikTok, which means they could switch feet in the air, which is very hard to do. Sure. And they previously could do it with someone holding on to them. And this year it became legal for them to do it without someone holding on to them. But because we were so strong at it already with a bracer, that person holding on, it became pretty simple. Well, I shouldn't say simple because we fell down a lot, but we we were able to do it without that bracer just because it became illegal or became legal and we we had been so strong in that skill already so mm-hmm. it's kind of just building off of previous skills you know but, I, um just the fact that they're so conditioned in all of sure. those skills that they were able to do a lot of that right i haven't been i've i've seen a couple of state cheer competitions i've been to a couple i haven't obviously it kind of goes on when i'm doing some other things but is right. there is there a push in competitive cheer like there is in other sports to make it um, what we call it fan friendly I guess a little bit in the fact that so fans that maybe aren't as well versed in some of the things you're talking about can still go and understand how it's being scored what's happening out there or is that still a work in progress also? Uh, it's definitely a work in progress. We talked about that a little yesterday as well. Um, some more transparency with the scoring and I think that part of that is just time management mm-hmm. you know, when you have that many different scores coming through i think it would be really hard for the state to to put something out and have that many scores going but you know for a, a dad that walks in and hasn't had a whole lot of experience with cheer i think they would like to know you know why is this team getting this score and this team got this score and as you get more into it you do kind of start to see you can kind of see things um for instance you know if one person has two tumblers and we have 12 like you can that's a visual thing that you can <laughs> right, kind of tell right. But, you know, in gymnastics, they hold up their number, and you kind of can see afterwards what they what they got. And a lot of times for cheer, you don't know that until everybody's leaving the building. So sure. it would be nice to be able to have some more transparency. I just don't know that we have the process for it yet, and I right. think that that's in the works. It's just 
kind of complicated. Certainly, yeah, for sure. Uh, talking with Casey King, head coach of the Sioux Valley Competitive Cheer Team. Again, 13 times uh, Class A state champions as they just picked up their uh, recent state championship a week ago up in Aberdeen. Talk about your team when you put together. Now, for folks that don't know, there's a small group that compete in Class A. There's large group that compete in Class A. So we're talking 12 and under for the small group. It's 12 members, right? And then 13 right. to 25. Is that what it is for the large group? 26. 20, up to 26. Up to 26. So when you're putting your team together, uh, and obviously you guys are getting that high number, maybe more than 26, how hard is that right. to let kids know, you know, you don't really have a JV, do they still come to practice? Right. Do they not make the team? How does that work? Yeah, so we do things a little different at Sioux Valley. Um, we can have 26 on the floor, and we took 28. Typically, we try to be a no-cut team, so we take everybody that comes to us. Okay. Um, and we're able to do that just because we, we put everybody on the floor, and then we rotate through. That That's not the easiest way to do things, you know, and, and I've talked with my assistant coach about that quite a bit because it it would be easier for us to have a smaller team. You can synchronize better. Um, you know, you take your top athletes in any sport and put them together, you're sure. going to have a phenomenal team. But we try to really look towards the future. And, you know, if I cut this girl as a seventh, eighth grader and she has no training for the next three years, eventually I'm going to end up with a weaker team. So we always try, even if it's harder right now to train those seventh and eighth graders, um, we feel like we're building a program in the long run. And so for us, it makes sense for us to keep those extra kids on the team. And it, it does create kind of a chaos for our athletes sometimes because, you know, they're used to one person under them basing and then all of a sudden they have someone else there. And, you know, it might not feel real fair in the moment, but we feel like we're building a long-term program. And I think that our success is based a lot on that because we, we're looking ahead to the future all the time. And like I said before, we, you know, people will say like, oh, is it going to be a rebuilding year because you lost six seniors? And we always are like, well, no, because we got – you know, all these new kids coming in that right. we're really excited about as well. So it, we we feel like that's really important. Yeah. Now, and, granted, there, there are a lot of teams out there that cut to small, and yep. um, there are some A schools that go to 12, and or, or that's what they have available in their school, and that's great too. Um, how we've rebuilt the score sheet this past year is that a small team can easily beat a large team. So And, and, and it happened this year at Parkston. Right. Quite a few large teams. Yeah, and that was a concern I know over the last couple of years, wasn't it, about some of these smaller teams that like, hey, just because we only have 12, why are we getting shafted, yep. so to speak, uh, just because we don't yep. have as many tumblers. But if you're changing the score sheet, that certainly, I guess, uh, makes fair uh, the playing field. Right. It's all built on ratios, and so for me, it's actually quite a bit harder to get into my tumbling ratios because I have 26 on the floor. To be in the majority, I need 13. Okay. And for someone who has 12, you know, they need six. Right. So it, I would be better off to cut down. My my ratios would actually look better. I wouldn't have to put up as many stun groups and as many baskets. But for me, again, I want to look at long-term. And, you know, I really, really enjoy my athletes. And so as many kids as I can get access to and be in their lives, right. do that. So well, for, for us, that's what we do. But I don't know if it's always the smartest decision but right well <laughs> and, and that's what you do that's what you, you take with what you've got for sure well and again too it, it is so fun to see you know 26 athletes doing all of that stuff that they do stunting at the same time and and in choreographed right. fashion than maybe watching five or six do the little bit i mean yeah. i i get that that's so cool yeah they definitely have a wow factor when you see 26 come on the floor we our theme this year was kind of Cossack Army, and, you know, they do come on the floor like this big, you know, 
And if you hear our crowd, we're quite loud. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we, we really come in like an army, and it, it's pretty awesome to see. It'll give you chills. Yeah, I, well, I saw that hashtag a couple times on some of the social media, and I kind of thought, what in the world? What is this all about now? So that was actual <laughs> team thing. That's very cool. Let's Real yep. quick, too, I know before we talk uh, about the sport as a whole and advisory committee, uh, your team specifically, you had kind of a special uh, year this year in the fact that you've got a couple of students or a couple of athletes that are on your team that their moms are, are going through cancer treatments and battling, and you kind of dedicated, uh, I know I saw a story that South Dakota Public TV did uh, yeah. about that. That's, that's pretty cool. It makes it an extra special uh, for your fans, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and with uh, Balia and Delaney and both their moms being in a battle, we we did kind of dedicate our season to them. And, you know, we had a couple different hashtags with Slay It and uh, We Declare War. And, um, I, you know, the team really becomes a sisterhood and they all kind of rally around each other. But this kind of made it an extra special year. You know, they've been best friends for a long time. And it, it, it can really easily feel like there's a lot of bad going on in the world. And mm-hmm. so when you pull together like that like it, it really became a very positive thing for us and kind of makes you feel a little stronger in the moment that you're all together yeah for sure you know i i've been coaching girls athletics for going on 20 years i know you've been doing it for a long time and it's no secret that sometimes when you're dealing with girls you talk a lot about things that have nothing to do with what you're doing on the floor (laughs) and I'm just thinking as you're talking about all the kids you've got and and year after year I mean 13 times state champion it's one thing to win at once but to have that group and be able to get along and not have all of that stuff and figure it out that's a testament not only to your kids and your parents but to your coaching staff to work all together to figure all that out yeah absolutely you know and it it is hard after the state tournament's done and you don't get to see them every day when you truly enjoy your athletes. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a letdown after the season's over because we really do enjoy our, our team. And, you know, there was, there was quite a bit of emotions after the state tournament because, you know, our seniors aren't ready to be done, which is a pretty fabulous feeling as a coach because, you know, they want to be there, and that's, that's pretty awesome. Nobody's relieved that the season's over. Right. Talk about your position again as we're talking with Casey King, the uh, head coach at Sioux Valley, uh, their competitive cheer program, 13-time state champions in Class A. You are part of the advisory committee through South Dakota High School Activities Association for the competitive cheer portion of activities. Uh, talk a little bit about those meetings yesterday. You mentioned a couple of things. What's the big uh, is there a big push right now on the advisory committee for you guys that you're kind of looking at moving in to next season? Sure. Well, actually, I'm on the Coaches Association advisory okay. um, as the Class A rep. Yep. I just went to the advisory meeting as um, an audience member, but there were some really big changes that we're really excited about. One, they're um, adding a co-ed division, and that kind of adds a lot of layers of the thought process. We um, have decided as a state uh, that our presentation to the athletic directors will be that two and under uh, for males will stay in the same category okay. as the rest of the teams this this season. And then if they have three or more males, they would have a co-ed division. And to compete at the state tournament, they would have to have three in their division to be able to go for a, a, a division title. So, and that's, again, you know, it's in the works. But um, some things that people might not understand or think about is that typically with a co-ed division you have to have a separate score sheet because there's co-ed stunting and it's very different than all girls stunting sure so that's that's going to be a big change for our association and in a lot of a lot of thinking with the score sheet and everything are you seeing more here they're doing just the same right are you seeing more high school boys getting involved in it at at your level i mean double a i would say you probably have seen that more already but at the a level is there more high school boys looking at getting involved in this 
Um, I think we had about three schools that said that they had interest, okay. um, and it was in that one to two males range. So it wasn't like they had six guys wanting to come out. Sure. Um, with the the dance two years ago, we had two males in the state that wanted to be a part of the dance teams, and then this past year we didn't have anyone. Okay. So um, with cheer, they you know they it's it's a work in progress. You know, it takes a while to get everything ready, and so I think there's a few that are wanting to do cheer this next year, but I I don't know how many there'll be. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a little complicated because if. Uh, if teams decide that they want to go into the co-ed division and they have more than two males on their team, and then they compete and get towards state and there's not three in their division, they're going to have to figure out if they want to drop down into the all-girl division with two males or how they want to work that. So it, it, it's a lot to think about, and it will definitely be a learning year for everyone. Yeah, for sure. How about uh, other other items of interest that maybe came up that uh, were kind of interesting to note in, in your guys' sport? Yeah, um, one of the the big things, and I don't know what will end up coming of it yet, but um, they've spent a lot of time talking about the inquiry process and um, if you're given a deduction, how that will look. Okay. Um, in previous years when you've been given a deduction, you know, there's nothing you can do. You just you take the deduction, um, and sometimes those deductions can knock you from first to – we've had gone from first to twelfth. So um, it can be kind of a devastation to your routine oh, sure. to get those deductions. So, And, you know, um, I think in most sports – the coaches at least allowed to like ask, you know, what's this about, or you know, have some sort of, I don't know, if dispute is the right word, but so we're trying to figure out how to do that without that being confrontational, and it's also very hard for a judge. We have two safety judges, and for us, 26 people on the floor, so it's very difficult for them to see everything. So they're working on a process that you know, there's going to be a few things I think that you can ask about and to determine if it's legal or illegal. And I know, like, for other sports, they have you know, restrictions on to what you can actually dispute. And, you know, it, it's a learning process for the coaches as well because a lot of people had asked for, you know, instant replay. And you know, yesterday, you know, they talked about that football and basketball are the only ones that do that right now. Yep. And they only do it for certain things. And then that that's handed down from the NFHS, which I think that's a big misconception sure. for coaches and parents is that they think the state has the ability to just go ahead and do things that they, you know, they're restricted as well as what they can allow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. It's pretty interesting how every sport has its own different items of interest and things, and right. yet there's there's one overlying thing a lot of times uh, that comes back in each of those sports, like you're talking about the replay and, and the inquiry and all that kind of stuff. So it's pretty neat. Uh, right. How about yeah, and we spent a we spent a good amount of time talking about you know shortage of judges and officials in the yep. state and how we can fix that problem because I think. I think for all sports it's pretty tough, but right now for for cheer particularly and in geography wise, we you know East River West River have a really hard time finding judges. I think we maybe saw the same six to eight judges the entire season just because and, and there's some really fantastic judges out there, but we need more. Right, we just don't have them. And you know I listened to your podcast with Dan, and boy, you know it is hard when you're yep. an official and not treated well. Mm-hmm. You're not going to really want to come back and. And they're human. They they make mistakes. There was a lot of contribu- controversy at the the double A meet, and I you know I think that everybody's really struggling with how they want to come back from that. And we we heard yesterday there are judges that don't want to do it anymore. Wow! Just because it can be so tough. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. It, it goes across the board. You would think that. I mean, the the judges are there, yes, but they're not in the light of what a referee would be in a sporting a different sporting event sometimes. But yet, like you said, there's maybe more more of that back and forth with them that anybody really knows that's going on. Right, 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's hard on both sides of it because, you know, if you're a coach and you feel like you didn't get what was deserved, but yet it is subjective mm-hmm. and, you know, you're just kind of handed something that you have to handle and explain to your team what that is, you know, and then on the judges side of it, you're doing your best ability to see what's in front of you and compare it to something from four hours ago. It's tough. You know, we, I think we've come a really long way as a state and a, you know, 13 year sport in South Dakota, but you know, obviously it's always going to be a work in progress. Right. Well, and I can, I can certainly see where you're doing a stunt and obviously the, the, the person, one of the flyers or whatever, doesn't complete the stunt. Okay. That's an easy deduction. That's easy to see, but it's the other stuff that you see it one way. And the judge sees it completely opposite, yep. so that's for sure. How about, uh, yeah, lastly, how about numbers of teams? Are we starting to see a rise? Is it staying pretty steady? I know we've seen over the last few years a few teams added in. Uh, what's that look like in Class A? Yeah, we've um, we had a good rise for a while. I would say, like, between the last five years, we had a good rise, and we're kind of holding steady now. Um, I proposed yesterday, and I don't know if anything will come of it, and we heard it's a two-year decision anyway, but... A lot of the Class B schools are really wishing we could have Class B back. And instead of having large and small, we would have a Class B and a Class sure. A. And I know for those schools that have the smaller numbers, you know, it, it's pretty intimidating to yep. go up against these A schools. Um, this last year, I think we had, um, like, say, 12 small and 7 large. And they weren't necessarily a split A and B, but it was close. Right. A lot of the small schools were, the, were in that small division. And, you know, it's something to think about, especially if we add in a co-ed division where, uh, you know, if we have up to three, four teams in that co-ed division, you know, you hate to get it too watered down and have not sure. not enough teams in there. But it, I, my hope would be that if we had a B division, that more B schools would be interested in participating. Right. And that's obviously when they know that they can come in and compete to have a chance to place high. At the, and maybe you take away, okay, maybe we don't give out six plaques for the state meet. Maybe we sure. give two yeah. or three. That's a night. That's a way that it still means something having less teams in that division. Probably. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and the, and the, you know, the coaches will have to realize that we won't be able to have a small and large division anymore. Yep. It would be strictly that, but, and there's a lot of things that, you know, even I don't probably know about it, even though I proposed it, but I think that it's something to think about as a state that we maybe can help out some of these smaller schools that mm-hmm. would benefit from. Casey, we appreciate the time. We'll let you go. It's uh, always good to talk, and I, you've you've set the standard pretty darn high for anybody that wants to try to steal a, a title in competitive cheer, that's for sure. But I know your team will get back at it. I, I know you have a lot of kids that do a lot of off-season stuff for cheer along with uh, what they do at the school as well. So lots of extra practice yeah. for them coming up. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. You bet. Thank you very much. Casey King, the head coach over at Sioux Valley, 13-time Class A state competitive cheer champions. We enjoy her having uh, time to take time with us today here on 605 Sports Under Review with Coach DeBeer. We'll have Nate Weck from South Dakota Public Broadcasting joining us tomorrow as we drop another podcast. Thanks for tuning in to 605 Sports Under Review with Coach DeBeer. I'm Brad DeBeer.